Nashville skyline now on eight on eight track. It it looks great. It's an artifact. That was the understandable Bob Dylan. Right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That was uh, his country album. Yeah, tonight I'll be staying here with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the my suitcase out the window. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Chinatown, a blood stain on the ceiling of a bathroom in a Chinatown hair salon. Uh, Caridad Alborado, the owner of Grace Unisex Hair Salon, said, There was blood coming from the second floor. I was sure somebody was dead upstairs because that's not normal. That's right. If you're getting blood from the second floor, either someone's dead or the apartment upstairs is on the rag. (laughs) Besides the blood, there was also a telltale smell. That's the worst thing about dying alone in a New York City apartment. Especially in the hottest month of the year. Not only are you not surrounded by loved ones, but you're going to stink up the building like a rat who got stuck in the radiator. But she thought it was some kind of... She thought it was nearby porta-potties. Porta-potties with a weekend's worth of hot summer shit and piss brewing in the well. As bad as, as death smells, you know, life really gives it a run for its money. Now, when people in Chinatown think something smells bad, you better believe them. That's a smell to be reckoned with. I told the landlord, she said, I think someone is dead upstairs. The landlord knocked on the door. And then based on the fact that blood was seeping through the floor, the hallway smelled like death and no one answered, the landlord determined everything was fine. Finally, cops came and discovered the body of a 27-year-old unidentified and unemployed construction worker. From the looks of things, it's time to update his resume. His body uh, was in the bed of the upstairs apartment. Blood was seeping through the floor. No cause of death has been determined. And joining me now, Tom Ryan. Now, the, the unemployed is key there because if he was employed, by 9, 10 a.m., calls are going out. Yeah. And they, they would know. Yep. I had an old, my old apartment on East 9th Street, uh, had an older gentleman living upstairs. They'll sometimes do a wellness check. Yeah, yeah they, the, a friend came by and, hey, have you seen so-and-so? No, I haven't seen him in a few days. You know, I usually see him walking around on the hallway or out outside exercising. Uh-oh. So they called the cops. Yeah. And the cop comes by and he goes, well... We're legally not allowed to go in here, but all we can do is, you know, it's kind of gruesome, but here's how we check. And he just goes up to the door and does the smell test. And it was, eh, he seems all right. And then, and then like, at least he's not ripe yet. Later, and, and banging on the door, and the guy was sleeping and maybe hard of hearing. And he finally came out, and oh, yeah, I had my phone disconnected. Sorry. You know, it was. Jesus, dude. But that was the service it? business, we found people in, in apartments that, unfortunately. Really? Oh, yeah. We, oh. we used to do a hotel in Manhattan up in the upper 90s. And uh, we found this lady in between her bed. She must have been there for about two days. Oh. She had a huge, I don't know how it got there. There was a huge burn mark in the back of her robe. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Did she, and, 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 and her back, was her back burned? No, I don't know. I didn't really go that far. I just had to sit around and wait for the cops to come. You they kinda, wouldn't let me leave until we, they, right. uh, you know. That's something burned the hell out of her robe. Yeah. That's when you make the call. But she was, like, on her knees, like, you know, in between two beds. And we just went over, like, what, like that, and she just oh, fell over. Man. We were just trying to check and see if she was alive. But. Well, I mean, uh, you know, and then you start going, hey, uh, I wonder what the rent is here. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
It's a uh, killer. You know, yeah. You know, that, 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 New York City is notorious for that shit. People, like, picking up each other's apartments and stuff like that. People are not always real sentimental about it. Like, if that guy would have died, your upstairs neighbor, did you, did you, would you have known to, well, you'd just be like, huh, you might mention it. If that's rent controlled, maybe <laughs> that's an easy move upstairs. Imagine what India smells like. Sure. Everything's dead there. Uh-huh. People bathing next. Yeah. That, and there's like a dead body. I, I saw some pictures I, the other day were haunting. I saw a documentary on the Ganges River and it was, uh, you know, stay upstream in the Ganges. Yeah. It's overcrowded. Next, to, next time you go skinny dipping in the Ganges. Do it way <laughs> upstream. The, the water, the look of the water isn't that appetizing. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's like a. What's it look like? It's, it's brown. Like brown. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then and then sludgy. You know, in in this world these days, you have to even wipe off the top of your coke can. Somebody died from drinking rat piss. Oh. Got on the top of the coke can. I I somebody said that a couple years ago, and now whenever I drink something out of a can, I rinse it off. It was probably I me, didn't Tom. Realize that. I probably say, yeah. I, I, I talk about shit like that a lot. A black light because what, you. what we used to do is go over the meat casings with a black light, oh. and you would find rat urine on the meats oh. and the steaks. Ex exterminator. And the guy would argue like hell with me. I'm not changing the wrappers. I said, well, either you change the wrappers because my mother could shop here, right. or tomorrow you're going to be closed down. So, oh, what his solution light. was just leave the piss, leave it alone. You don't see it, but when you go over with a black light, it comes out. I mean, uh, basically, we should all have the black light app on our phone. Absolutely, everybody should just be given a black, black light. light. Is there a black light app? There, there should be. I mean, if it comes to nobody would eat anything. Uh, no, Every, <laughs> well, everything would, would go out of business. Would, There's jizz over. Everything is covered. It would solve the obesity crisis in America <laughs> if, if we truly knew. We'd all switch to nothing but Twinkies. Yeah, right. Stuff that's all wrapped up. I wonder something. You ever get like, I, what is there that you can eat that's not disgusting? I know it's all disgusting. The older you get, uh, Larry. I don't know how old you are, but you're you're probably the oldest one. Probably. I, I'm sure I am. Now you, uh, I mean. It w- do you ever just not want to eat? Yes. I, I, as I get older, I don't want to eat. If I go to McDonald's now, I actually feel the McDonald's going into my veins. Yeah. You know, I was heavy at one time uh-huh. and lost uh, like 65 pounds. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty big. How did you, you do that? Probably yeah. by uh, you well, went to the I grocery store and caught rats. I rollerbladed for uh, like 10 miles a day. And, and he bought a black light. And I bought a black light, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lived it. I didn't have to buy uh-huh. a black light. This summertime has been hot. Great. The city's on edge. A contentious smell is in the air everywhere you look. People are fighting, especially if you're looking inside the apartment of me and the wife. <laughs> Holy Christ. Uh-huh. Oh, just to get along for two weeks in a row? What would I give, you know? But anyway, Greenwich Village, two drug addicts went toe-to-toe in the street. One pulled a box cutter on the other. I guess he wanted to cut his box. Yeah. <laughs> this is on Bleecker and Lafayette streets. It is right in the heart of the West Village. One witness said everyone was in the wrong mindset and drugged up. Wait a second. Which one is it? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it wasn't noon. You know, these guys are junkies. 26-year-old Shaolin Vagabond, Darius Shoje. I promise those are words. Shirtless and bearded. He faced off against 22-year-old William Smith. <laughs> That's a lot easier to say. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't give for two William Smiths. Bill Smith attacking. Uh, now, now, this guy was attacked. Uh, Bill Smith being the younger man. 
and uh, and the other guy, the, the, the I'm talking about 26 year old Shaolin vagabond Dariush Shoje. So it's Dariush versus William, and he attacked the younger man. That's William uh, as he entered Lafayette Station. Don't worry, I can edit this later. Uh, following him down the stairs, he repeatedly punched him in the face. Turns out they know each other from a methadone clinic. They have a long-standing beef. And if you've had the long-standing beef at the methadone clinic. Can it be that long-standing if they're in their 20s? (laughs) (laughs) How long-standing could this shit be? Right. It's not long-standing. This guy got on my nerves last week. And uh, the other thing, I mean, it must have been over some methadone. Methadone is an interesting thing. It's, the government gives it to you, and it's similar to heroin. But it isn't heroin, but people still, like, they, they hang out for it, you know? Like, there was a, a shooting right outside the methadone clinic, right, I mean, down the street from here, uh, a year ago. And I guess that's what happens. There's these violence and stabbings and shit like that. People are not... On their best behavior when they're waiting for their methadone. Yeah, waiting in line. Yeah. <laughs> line. To get their methadone so they can oh, sell man. it for heroin. I mean, right. Probably. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> see, Larry, the lifelong, the lifelong New Yorker. Oh, oh, okay. That's what they do. And so is it like pennies on the dollar, like when you get your food credit card? I think it's, no, it's probably less. Yeah, um, pennies on the dollar. Right? And then how they like go for that. And I, I had somebody to trick me at the grocery store. Like, I, I want to use this card or whatever. I'll buy your groceries or whatever the fuck it was. Right. He wanted to sell it for cash. It's like you get food credit, but you can't buy certain shit, like right. drugs. So it's he like wants food stamps. Yeah, exactly. So uh, how, how, I just want to come up with exactly how that would work. So I give him money, but I would give him a, a smaller amount of money than the card is worth. Right. Like say, if there's a hundred dollars worth on the card, I would give him fifty, and then he would take his fifty dollars cash, which he can spend on anything he wants. Right. It's liquid. Well, now that we have that settled. I'll see you at Gristidi's. <laughs> In the methadone aisle. <laughs> they came back to street level, then Smith pulled the blade. They both faced minor charges. Larry's a, a Long Island resident. Oh, yeah? He's been out on the island for a while. And I always uh, think everybody, once they go out there, they're just like, that's it. They don't take no, the train it's anymore. It's just the, the dead people out there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they never cross, some of them never crossed the uh, Nassau County border. Yeah, well, Nassau is uh, is a gigantic county, Suffolk County, gigantic. It's all day. Long Island is, I mean, it has that name for a reason. It's long as shit. It sure is. Goes on forever. I've never been further than halfway out. I don't. I, I maybe even a third of the way out. I've been out a little bit on Long Island. I've never been way out there. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like a whole I mean, state. It it's a state. You don't even know you're in Long Island. No. You know, it well, should be Montauk, the Hamptons. It's, right. You know. I've never been to the Hamptons. Yeah, I used to go out there and just uh, back when. Uh, before I was married, I would just go out there and just fuck everything on the Hamptons. <laughs> that's, that's everything. Uh-huh. No people. I was working up to people. Yeah. No, but right. well, women, I, I had a lot of luck. That's great. Uh, yeah, on the Hamptons, you know. Uh, it's a, it's it's a lot of money, and uh, we had a story that comes from Montauk in a little while, and uh, oh good. Yeah, that'll be interesting to talk about. I also want to talk about my dates coming up out there. I'm at I'm at uh, Governors, which I love. And that's in Levittown. You know Levittown. Sure. Uh, I was on my way to Levittown once. I was on a train, and I needed to get off in Hicksville for some reason. I don't know if it's to transfer or why, but it, maybe it was there. Is that Hicksville, no, Levittown? No, no, you're in like East Meadow. It's like, well, Levittown. It's next to East Meadow. Yeah, so I get to, uh, I'm on the train, and I'm not, sh- Long Island Railroad's a mystery to, you know, when you're not, and I asked uh, somebody on the train, I was like, do uh, 
does this train stop in Hicksville? And she goes, I don't know if this train stops in Hicksville. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit. You know? Just like, all right. Very sorry. polite. So, uh. It, it turned it, it it turned out the train uh, did stop in Nicksville, and she got off <laughs> at that time. <laughs> she was just trying to prove a point. Yeah. Don't don't ask me questions. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be there on the 14th, the 18th, and the 21st. Now, uh, not a, one of those is in Belmore. So here's what you do: if you're in Long Island, you want to see me in Long Island. I'd love to see you. This is a Thursday, a Sunday, and another Sunday. Uh, go to my website. It's um. PatDixonNYC.com. PatDixonNYC.com. Here's another thing you can do. Anytime you want to see me anywhere, go to tinyurl.com slash tickets. tinyurl.com slash tickets. That's forever. I was supposed to, you know, now you know how to find shit. Now, preventive policing along with broken windows uh, and the cops in general. Not that popular anymore. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, there's, there's a real anti- uh, broken windows kind of feeling going on uh, through a lot through a lot of the city I think in Brooklyn one cop is actually taking it up a notch uh, NYPD Deputy Inspector William Taylor he took over at the 60th pre- uh, precinct last year so far this year crime has dropped 40% 40 fucking percent what's he doing that's Coney Island Brighton Beach area what could he be doing uh, he says we focus on recidivists well what's that mean he made a list, a dirty 30, a list of the worst repeat offenders in the precinct. And uh, you think, okay, that's great. What do they watch out for them? They keep their eyes open. They're communicating. Well, here's what they do. He personally visited every person on the list and said, we mean business. Get your shit together. And, uh, <laughs> and it's working. All right. He basically takes preventive policing to their door, threatens to arrest them. Uh, I th- and, and, and really, that's friendly when you think about it. That's showing a lot of courtesy, saying, we don't want to arrest him, but we will. I think it's... um, And they know they're being watched, so that's... Yeah, yeah they know that every, they're every move, you know? I mean, like he's... And this is a quote from, from uh, Taylor here. Sheriff Taylor, we'll call him. I, I, he said, I told him whatever happened in the past isn't going to happen here anymore, Barn. He said, that's the worst Andy Taylor impression there has ever been. He says, we're not going to tolerate it. They all gave me a similar story saying they're changing their lives around. Obviously, uh, not all of them heeded the warning. Now, uh, okay, so, and, and here's the best part. If a thug drops by going to jail or he gets jail, uh, killed or something, number 31 gets promoted and they can expect a visit oh, man. from Officer <laughs> Taylor. So he's got a dirty, uh, who knows how many. I, it's always great to see when things like that work. And throughout the years, you've heard, oh, this works, that works. And then they they tell other precincts and other police, uh, they tell other cities around the country what works. Yeah. And, uh, but here's the, the downside of this trend. If this continues, mm-hmm. Pat Dixon's New York City crime report <laughs> will be defunct by 2019. I would like nothing better. Yeah. I would love it's, it. And you know what it would be? The Pat Dixon Peace and Calm peace Report. Peace and Calm. <laughs> it's a fine. Take it a day minute, off ten report. Minute podcast, and you hear crickets for five minutes, <laughs> and then you hear 
pe- people and uh, no honking in the background. I'll do going to a spa. Rain, rain, rain. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll yeah. do the Florida show full time. That's <laughs> yeah. what I do. Talk about what's going on there. You're that's you're from true. Florida originally, right? Oh, well, no, I grew up in Philadelphia area. Oh, that's and right, I, in Philly. I moved to Florida in my mid twenties and started comedy down there. Lived Man. there. Ended up. I was going to stay there for about a year. Stayed there for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. That's about right. Florida's a beautiful place. You were in West Palm? I was in West Palm. I first moved to Fort Pierce to mm-hmm. take a job. The job fell through. I thought I'd hang out in Florida for a year and and got into comedy and ended up staying 15 years. And you were working first at the uh, what, Comedy Corner? Comedy Corner, West Palm Beach, Florida. And who else started out of that club? Did anybody else start uh, out of that club of, of note? I started with... Uh, Larry the Cable Guy, when he was Dan Whitney, as an open micer. Hmm. Carrot Top. Greg Schwem. None of these ring a bell. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Todd Berry. Oh, yes. Phil Tagg. Uh, and I know I'm probably missing names that uh, I saw Mitch Hedberg his second time on stage. I always talk about that. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg, a second time on stage. Yeah, and Todd Berry. And who else? Uh, so many people started down there. It was amazing. Yeah, Florida's a, a huge comedy state, a huge crime state. It's going to be good for And we had the Florida show. We did. A, we finally did a show just about Florida, and it's on the Compound Media ne- uh, uh, Network. And, man, God, that was fucking fun. Mm-hmm. It was so much. It, it was right after that week of, like, really bad shit. Too. Oh, it's T-Ball. Yeah. You're, you're, just, you're just warming up for the, yeah. That's like going down and doing the home run derby. Because yeah. you build your muscle here, and then Pat Dixon goes to Florida to do the Florida crime report. That is just, that's like watching the home run. Well, and I just get the feeling if they try this preventive policing down there, they're going to knock on the door, and, and like an orangutan is going to run out and eat their face. Yeah, right. Shit like that always happens. Oh, yeah. Or four pedophiles. There's, yeah, uh, or, or a python will attack while getting, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. a crazy state. It's in and uh, yeah, the, someone's always fucking something down there that isn't human. <laughs> yeah, like uh, one woman in that in that we did, she was fu- she uh, dog fucker. We had a whole segment, dog fuckers. God. And they just well, really, what it was is they the dog cunnilingus, you know, which you can trick a dog into licking your pussy. Oh, God. But it's like if peanut butter, you know, I mean, if you got to f- f- camouflage the, the pussy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for a dog. He licks his ass. And he's gonna go. He right licks to his the ass. Pussy. He needs right. peanut butter on your right. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they get to know each other. Uh, well, I, with the one guy too, and I don't mean to turn it all about Florida, but a guy had sex with an alligator. He was caught having sex with an alligator. Like, why are you? What are you doing? And it was not a sexual thing. It was, it was an alligator rape. Obviously, the rat, the gator can't say yes or no, so we'll never really know. But he, uh, the the gator. Uh, had tried to kill him, and so as punishment, he raped it to show it who was boss. Oh, man. So he said, but I think maybe yeah. he was just really into there's, it, and he just. <laughs> I think there's. I think they should keep digging on that story. Man, they might. <laughs> a little bit more. A little bit more uh, police work. Maybe send the bad cop back in for a minute. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Kind of go, do a little uh-huh. back and forth. Uh, the numbers are astounding uh, when you consider 15 million people visit that precinct, too, man. I mean, it is really uh, something else. So, hey, uh, let's say a big uh, congratulations because, because I mean, they, they, they write summonses now for minor infractions. That's what they do. These 30-30, they keep their noses clean because they're, they're the usual suspects. And so this preventive policing in deep Brooklyn goes to, like, if they speed in a car, if they run a red light. If they ride their bicycles on the sidewalk, if they jaywalk, if they spit on a baby, 
if they shove an old person down some stairs, anything, any little thing, then they, if they so much as drown a few of their children, they will be given a summons. And you, if you're new to the list, you can be new to the list with a bullet. <laughs> He's shooting straight yeah. up to the top. Right. I mean, and that, that is incentive for, if you're 33, you might be offended by that. I wonder if they do. I think they do take pride in being Maybe. like the worst criminals. A woman, a woman walking on the Upper East Side crosswalk hit by an MTA bus happened at 2nd Avenue and East 61st Street. Keep your head on a swivel right around there because a couple of people have been run over lately. That was just three blocks from the intersection of 2nd Avenue and East 58th where a woman was seriously injured by a left-turning pickup. Exact same time of day. So it must have something to do with the sun and its relative position sun in the sky. And then the... Uh, yep. Yeah, one of the victim's Birkenstock sandals could be seen lying on the crosswalk after the crash. They're so good with details in the oh, tabloids, man. and and God bless them for that. They know how to paint a picture. Now, the driver in the other incident, his name is, uh, and I'm only reading this out of spite, Mia Kislaw Truskowski, 63, of Staten Island. Uh, now, you grew up with names like that, Larry? I mean... Uh, yeah, that sounds like a Polish name to me. Or, mm, yeah, sure. there There's an Esky on the end. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're Italian. I'm Italian, yeah. Not Did you, Italian. Uh, well. Italian. <laughs> Italian. The that's Italian. Calamari. That's what yeah. we call it down in, in uh, Kentucky that's or wherever yeah, I'm from. Rocky. What were you, yeah, were you from one of those? I, I don't know. Uh, the, it's from the Rocky movie. The Italian Stallion. I, <laughs> they put that on the map, the Italian. I always thought... It was just the kind of dressing that my mom was ordering. There you oh go. She's like that Italian. Mm -hmm. The NYPD stripped two cops of their guns and badges for failing to keep a drunk rookie cop uh, from driving. And, uh, and and he ended up running over some pedestrians, four of them, killed one, 21-year-old oh. MIT student. What's a MIT student? Well, it's MIT, of course. MIT. Uh, Nicholas uh, Batka lost control of the car, 28 years old. Uh, he was driving an SUV. And it was it was a dandy silver-colored uh, Silverado or something like that. It was in Williamsburg, so at least it was oh. in Williamsburg. You know, I mean, you can only hope that these people were. Uh, but well, I guess it sucks, but for the MIT guys, MIT, did I mean that, we that, that were, that's good, right? We may be deprived of some inventions down the road. Maybe he was going to invent and something. It, the last two stories involve vehicles hitting pedestrians. Yes. And, uh, have you ever been hit? I have not. I was, when I lived out in Los Angeles after Florida, I, I moved to Los Angeles, and I'm walking across the street one day mm -hmm. now, and I um, I had my head down. I'm walking to the, uh, one of these mailbox, et cetera, places on my corner. Probably reading a copy of Grit magazine. Probably. <laughs> and um, by the way, at my, at my mailbox, et cetera, one of the guys who had a mailbox only in Los Angeles, does this happen? Hmm. Was Ron Jeremy the porn star? <laughs> he had a mailbox, and, and he would just be in there getting his mail, and just go, "Is this 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 has to be L.A.?" Anyway, I'm walking across the street, and this woman decided, "Oh, I don't want to make a right turn here. I better back up a half a block." And she gets a decent speed going up in reverse. I got my head down. Bang! Hmm. And uh, hit by a car. Did yeah. not go down, but knocked. When you that phrase "see stars," <laughs> it was amazing. And she was completely, oh my god, 
Oh my god. Now you've told me that story before. Uh, really? Yeah. And and when you told it last time, here's how you did it. You said I was hit by. And what, what's that? What's that kind of the smart car? Oh, now that I was, was hit okay. by one of those smart cars. That's, that's funny because yeah. I've since written other bits around that experience. And I, can I can I tell it? Yeah. So I was hit by a smart car. Uh-huh. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Totaled the car. Yeah. The car rolled onto the sidewalk, and the uh, next day I had a bruise. Let that be a lesson to you. Had to, yeah. Uh, right. and you can refer back to episode 132. I don't even know. Hey, but what if that was I, it? I, I, did I tell that story on the thing? I'm Look, good. we're both getting senile, Tom. Oh, man, I love repeating uh, anecdotes. I mean, there's... I have seven of them. <laughs> so it's inevitable that I'm going to repeat. I'm still waiting for it's, my eighth anecdote. It's anecdote roulette. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this prosecutor says he uh, squirmed into the passenger seat, this, this, uh, this cop. Uh-huh. In order to evade... Uh, blame you know to go i wasn't driving oh right freedom yeah which is like that's never gonna work that will ne- no. <laughs> never ever work all right well he's freed on three hundred thousand dollars bail and you know nobody's really making a big deal out of it as far as the black lives matter and all that shit i guess it's just not as dramatic as when you shoot an unarmed person or whatever you know what i mean like and and boy oh boy the numbers on that are startlingly not a big deal everybody get a grip I don't uh, know. I think it's what are the numbers? Well, the numbers are. Well, the thing is, you start to like get, uh, get into this thing where it, it's it sounds like some. And oh, I'll tell you know who you know who's going to tell you the numbers next week. Talib Starks, uh, uh, author of Black Lives Matter, uh, is going to be on the show, and that interview will answer all questions. And his book answers all questions. Uh-huh. Apparently, a lot of black people are killing a lot of black people, and as an African American person, he considers that to be more of an issue and that's it's a really interesting but, point of view right but it's, just because he is the one person the go-to person to give the other side doesn't mean that means all other sources of information are incorrect yes and that one guy is great that's what happens so often mm-hmm. that the whatever whatever arguments going on they'll find one example that guy that guy's right. Everybody else is wrong. Well, it's and, and but then again, the numbers are undeniable. It just sounds worse coming out of a white mouth. You know what I mean? It, it's it's, it's it, and and like uh, there's just uh, I am part white. Too many, too many. Um, there's just too much footage happening. So, which are we done with that story? Because that brings me into another bit that I just thought of last night—a possible bit. Well, what am I gonna you do? I can't slow you down. You're rolling like a freight oh, no, train. No, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I hope no, not. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then watching the the uh, convention, mm-hmm. I mean, people keep saying that America is so divided, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're not divided enough. Oh. I think it's time to just completely. We have this Mason-Dixon line. Yeah. Right. Let's use it. Let's use it <laughs> exactly. It's not being used. Let's make First it of official. All, build a wall. All right. Now. America needs to be finally divided up, and I figured it out. Blue states, red states, and Texas. <laughs> and now, Nobody would be more pleased then, by that than Texas. That's right. Build the wall on the Mason-Dixon line. Now, here's how it breaks down. Mm-hmm. The red states in Texas have all the guns, so you get to keep all the guns. Okay. But those of us up here in the blue states... We get the nukes. Okay. Blue America gets the nukes because 
they were invented during something called the Manhattan Project. Oh, <laughs> that's all I have so far. So, well, here's the problem with that is, is that the red states, since they have all the guns, will come over and steal the nukes. That's a good point. Having guns is better than not having guns. I, you know what, you know why they want to get rid of guns. I'll tell you why. I don't think they want to get rid of guns. I think they do, and I think the reason they do is because it's a tangible, it's a tangible symbol of freedom. And if they can get those out of the hands of the people who love the Second Amendment, those are also people who love the Constitution. I mean, like them or not, they do believe in freedom and they believe strongly in it. And I think they champion it more than anybody. I think that like uh, the other side, Blue America, Blue America, very, very willing to go. We can give up a freedom here and there. We don't need to say that. No, here's what. Curtailing language. Here's where the NRA gets me. I, if the NRA would ever make up their mind, if they are either fighting for our freedom or fighting for our freedoms, that's where, that's where they lose me. Will you make up your mind and stop saying freedoms? Oh, freedom. They're taking our freedoms every day. I've been hearing that they've been taking our freedoms every day for the last 40 years. Well, how many freedoms have they taken? <laughs> Freedoms. The rush comes I out. Just, I know, well, I, 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 how I, many freedoms? Right. Freedoms. I, I hate the word freedoms. Yeah. Can we just have one freedom? Well, no. I, I, uh, you need a bunch. You no, need a bunch of them. But, and here's my other thing. The, the, the you need word, your speech freedom, your gun people freedom. Go, people go nuts. You're right. You need the People f- go nuts over the word. What, what part of infringe do you not understand? And my feeling is, I don't want to infringe on your right to bear arms, but can I do a little bit of infringing on the size of your magazines? <laughs> That's my argument. Oh, you mean, oh, oh yeah. Magazine. Too many bullets, huh? I don't know. I, I think that the more the better, less reloading. Here's what it's going to come down to. We're Banana clips. We're all going to be... Uh, Shooting at the police, or not the police. I'm not talking about the police. Don't shoot at the police. I love the police. But when the government comes to take everybody's guns, and uh, they don't want to have to be, like, dealing with a bunch of... Like, you have to think that the government's eventually going to get so oppressive I don't, that we have to do something. I think that's a... a um, they took Milo a off, t- uh, off Twitter, for Christ's sake. They what? They took Milo off Twitter. He's a gay conservative, the most right. dangerous man... <laughs> In uh, the country. I've been banned from certain websites for commenting. It's not just Twitter that bans. I've been banned from the Daily Caller, and uh, <laughs> I have. Why? Yeah, for, for, for Being throwing grouchy. in with something. I am a little grumpy for throwing <laughs> in alternative views, and I'm never nasty. Ah. I'll throw in alternative comments. Deleted, deleted, banned. By alternative, you so mean? So a lot of sites out there are doing that, and... It's freedom of speech. He can still say that. There isn't necessarily freedom of tweet, necessarily. I know that's a bad, you know. But I like freedom of tweet. Tweet away. Tweet away by all means. No, no, no. I no. I hear you. It's a you private know, thing. Exactly. They're allowed to like. I mean, exactly. it's it's not. Uh, and it's but here's the other thing. A, uh, you know what they're doing? They're tapping the brakes. On I, our freedoms. Uh, freedoms. Well, I think I think he has a huge following, and yes. and and the colleges they don't want him there either. Right. And it's it's like it's just like Lenny Bruce. It's like you know he had the right 
to go anywhere and work, but nobody would hire them because they didn't want to lose their liquor license. It becomes like a market-driven thing. And this is that free market again. Yeah, which I am totally uh, ambivalent about. Now, the right. NYPD uh, stripped two cops, like I said, of their guns and badges. Now, do you think that's a little weird? They didn't stop him from driving, so they also lose their guns and badges? It seems to me like you're taking this whole good friend thing a little too far. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, if he wants to drive, ultimately, fuck him, you know? I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? Tackle him? I can't kidnap him, you know? Right. The guy's right. drunk. He's trying to get behind the wheel. But you go, like, I don't think you should do that. And, oh, no. But eventually, it's like, all right, dude. They were off duty, right? Yeah, everybody's off duty. But they they're all, they're all hammered. for a fact, and I guess the department is holding them to a higher standard, well, which is fine by me. I, uh... I hope that they were at least shitty cops. Uh, could yeah. I doubt they are. They're probably good police. Yep. Uh, here's the best thing. This guy's one of these guys who has on his Facebook like a bunch of drinking pictures and shit like that. Don't do that. It never looks good. What could? How can that help? In the event that something bad happens, don't ever have any weird shit on your Facebook. Because nowadays, all that stuff matters. They use all that shit. Oh, absolutely. To prove what a horrible person you are. Now, a serial burglar wanted for numerous break-ins on the Upper East Side spotted a woman in a bikini sunbathing near Gracie Mansion. Arrested after grabbing her ass. 53-year-old Thomas Cronin. He was riding his bike through Carl Schurer's Park. And when he saw the 45-year-old woman face down on a blanket, he just couldn't resist to himself. So to himself, he says, hello. Yeah. And he grabbed her ass. She sprang up and began screaming at him. Rookie cop Eric Sullivan nearby reading a book. Sure. <laughs> and he decided that even though he was off duty, he'd still get involved. Cronin ran off. Sullivan chased him. He lost him near First Avenue and East 91st. He called 911 since he was at First and 91st, right. I guess. Yeah. Weirdly enough. That's the time to say, yeah, 911. Uh, Una heard the description and they found out the suspect left his bike at the scene. And so they said, well, let's just stake out his bike. Sure enough, he returned to yeah, pick that bicycle back. up. <laughs> and at that time, he was arrested, and they got him back to the station house. And uh, turns out uh, he's responsible for seven burglaries and four attempted burglaries. They pinned all that on him. And the ass grab. Forcible touching for the woman in the park. Which will teach him a lesson. Yeah, I mean. Do it at 91st and 2nd, and everybody's going to call 912, and nothing's going to happen. Very simple. Uh, I wonder, this was a woman with those in her 40s. I mean, that must have been a, a hell of an ass. Yeah. Well, uh, he's 53, so, you know, the older uh, you get. Yes, he's good at that age. Yeah. <laughs> Thieves uh, broke into the. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah we can talk uh, about one good more ass. Tag, uh, at 61st and 1st, uh -huh. if it happens there, you find out what your cell phone bill is. <laughs> You guys can enjoy that one. Uh, thieves broke into the home of an Upper East Side fashion designer, and while she was having fun at the beach in Montauk, made off with $1 million worth of jewelry. Now, I know it sounds very typical, very run-of-the-mill. So what a burglary, another million-dollar jewelry heist? Well, does the name Shoshana Lonstein Gruss ring a bell? Jerry Seinfeld's ex-girlfriend. Uh, and they got in through a door in the roof. Now, now, Gruss dated Jerry Seinfeld, uh, whatever, from 93 to 97, mm -hmm. starting when she was 17, he was 38. That's that's a hell of an age deferential. That is. Uh, I don't know that I've ever done better than that. Uh, more than a two-to-one ratio. Uh, it, it seems as if the kind of thing, he's just not creepy enough for that to, like, if it was Woody Allen, be right. the end of the world, right? Right. If he's... Uh, 
but for him, it's okay. Right. Jerry Seinfeld's so likable, he could pull that off in the in the prime of the show. Prime, right. They gave him his own show. Right. I mean, or they renewed the they renewed the show. Yeah, that was right smack in the middle. Right. The At show the won it won a uh, its only Emmy was in '93. So I mean, and that's when they started dating. She was in high school when they met. Right. Holy Christ. He's 38 years old. What's the... Now, I don't, Tom, you're, you're... I don't I'm know. 56. You're 56. What's the youngest you would go if it came along? You know uh, what I mean? It's a, is not it, 17. Because that's legal. Right. 17's legal in, in New York. I would wait the full year. You wait. No. <laughs> 18. Come on, Jerry. No, that's who did the burglary. It was Jerry. Yeah. Newman. <laughs> yeah, it was Jerry. Well, you know, she she left Jerry, or they broke up, and you know, they almost got married, for Christ's sake. Uh, she married somebody after that that was probably one of the, I mean, Jerry's really rich. This might be one of the few people richer. Joshua, excuse me, Joshua Gruss, who is uh, the son of a, like a financier, which just means son of a guy with a lot of money, right? right. Like, I would just, he's just a, just money. They should just call it. He's a money person, and she probably had insurance. Yeah. Oh, I mean, a million dollars. She's worth fifty million dollars. I she looked is? up her net. Her net worth fifty. Whoa. Well, I guess forty nine million. <laughs> forty nine million now, now without the jewelry. And at the time, she probably thought, "All right, I'm breaking up with Seinfeld. I'm going with a financier." She thought she was marrying up. Yeah. She underestimated the power of comedy. She married down. Well, and that as is evidenced by the fact that, you know, she got divorced from this guy in 2014. She was married to him for a number of years, but we still see in the headline, Jerry Seinfeld, ex-girlfriend. That's the stamp. Financier, son of a financier, you're nothing. Mm -hmm. It means nothing to anybody. You're just another guy. You're just, a, you're just another swinging dick at the end of the day. That's like the 500-foot rule. Then you do comedy out of town, and then, you know, obviously, you're thinking, I'm on the prowl here. Who knows what I do in St. Louis or, mm-hmm. you know, Palatka, Florida, or and not that you would ever get laid in Palatka. <laughs> uh, I've done but, Palatka. Uh, yeah, you have your More own. than once. No way. Yeah. The Holiday Inn in Palatka. That's oh, I did. And then did a cruise ship where uh, I remember yelling at the crowd. Has everyone here joined the ship from Palatka? Because it's a perfect town name. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I griped about that place forever. It's yeah. one of the few places where someone actually broke a bottle on the bar and threatened me with it. I've very that's, seldom seen that. That's Palatka. It's a place with a grand ballroom and a bunch of really angry, drunk Guys with cowboy hats, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now you get down to Florida quite a bit, don't you, Larry? Oh, yeah. yeah. And now uh, w- I carry a gun. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> you can. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's like they give it to you when you drive in. Well, I I'd, I'd love to carry a gun. I think an armed society is a polite society until the shooting starts. And it's really polite. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you know, but anything that pushes the fast forward button on this life, I, and I say this a lot. I begin. That's why I'm, I like hanging out with you guys, uh, because um. You know, you're old, and uh, <laughs> you, you know, you just like you, you, you watch me giving up the last bits of my hope. It's, you know, as if it's adorable. It's, but I think the kids of the future, and thank God, by the time that happens, I'll be dead. Yes. It's great. Yeah. I, 
turning 40 was a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. Turning 50 is liberating. <laughs> you turned then, 60? Wait till you hit yeah, 60. I know. But I, and now there's another bit. I, I hate to do bits on the on your podcast. Well, you know, and the thing is, you don't have to announce it as a bit. You oh, could just, I know. You could okay. just talk. No, but it's so obvious <laughs> I have the... to because I feel self-conscious about doing it. And you can edit this out. I, yeah. They say. No trouble. Here's the thing. I mean, everybody keeps saying that don't worry about it. 60 is the new 40. Really? Right? It's a just lie about it to yourself. But you know what they don't tell you? What's that? 61 is the new 78. <laughs> you got one good year. Uh, by the way, <laughs> nobody says 60 is the new 40. Anywhere. Does anybody say that? Yes, they, they do. Sixties and forty. When you're old, you hear. When you're old, you hear this shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay? <laughs> you look for people to say this. Yeah, you encourage not, it. Uh, you're not hearing no, it. He's gonna get no, there. It's, yeah. it's gonna oh yeah. They send it to you in the mail. I am. <laughs> the AARP newsletter. It has a little post-it note <laughs> on top. Sixty is a new forty. There's a few right. things that, that like like that make you look forward to being dead, and one of those is is the kids, <laughs> and another is marriage. Your wife, holy Christ! Just it's just the fact of it. You know what I mean? Nothing personal to you know, but just fucking Jesus. You're gonna be all right. Him too. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to marriage. So Larry Izzo, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for dropping in. Thank you. Ex exterminator, thirty five years in the extermination right. business, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. I'm sure. Tom Ryan, we'll see you around soon too Absolutely. at the strip every once in a while. Yep. Always fun to perform at the world-famous Comic Strip Comic Live. Strip. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd have you on the show just as an excuse to, to hang out with you. Oh, we need to get nice. back up to Pastrami Queen one of these days oh, and get one man. of those sandwiches. Oh, and if anybody out there, this is the only plug I ever throw in. If anybody out there has Pandora, add me on Pandora, Tom Ryan. I do. And, uh, oh, I hope Larry adds me. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to get my hit count up. Or my follower count. And it's 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 woefully, it's embarrassing. And it's low. and it's stand up. Your stand up is great. Uh, oh, thank you. And and uh, you know we we go back to, uh, to God. I've known you for probably fifteen twenty years. Probably twenty. And uh, San I remember, Antonio. yeah, San Antonio, lousy week, kind of in San Antonio. Just a weird lousy week. All my weeks are lousy weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I I think, yeah, I I. I well, you mean whether you're working or not, right? Just like just in general in life. In general, yeah. even my work weeks. I mean, my road weeks. They're all they they're slowly becoming all lousy weeks. Well, you know how bad it is for us. We went to black and white on Compound Media. We're we're shooting now in, in black and white, and the show looks amazing. We right. it, it it's very much like a it's not like a retro looking thing because the background is black. It looks really cool. It pops. There's other stuff that's in color. You really should be watching this show. Uh, New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon, and it's me. It's this show. If you've been listening for years. I mean, watch it. It's a it's a completely different experience. You know, they get a lot of guests at the same time. We have a porn actress who's going to be on on Monday. Cannot wait. I wonder if it's uh, it's it's an epi- it's the episode that we're shooting on on July twenty uh, fifth. It's going to be amazing. She, well, we have nudity on the show for Christ's sake. Here's what you do if you're interested in, in seeing like just what it looks like. Go to the um, YouTube page, Pat Dixon NYC on YouTube. And uh, yeah, but anyway, you should be watching it. And come out and see me. I told you that ticket link before. Buy a T-shirt. Those are for sale. Look, shows need support. I'm in business for myself. I'm trying to put together a nest egg because you never know how things are gonna pan out at home. You know what I mean? You never know when you might need a deposit and uh, you know a little money to change your social 
but uh, we're so happy that, uh, that you guys do listen and, and support. Thanks. Fuck that up. No. Thanks one more time, Larry Izzo, Tom Ryan. Thanks. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. And I'm in my 50s. It's funny because I'm doing a new bit about having just turned 40, or no, having just turned 46. That's right. I'm 56. And I have not yet accepted the fact that I turned 40. It's amazing. I really haven't. I take some accepting. I, I 40, I didn't have any problem with. It's stuff that gets to be over. It's in your 40s. and that's Because yes. turning 40 is such a big thing. I, I got a surprise party. Are we recording? Yeah, but I that's was, okay. Oh, I was I, there at your surprise party. I remember that. Yeah, that was, yeah. Was you fun. were the only person there I liked. Ah, that's very nice. I mean, I think you were the only one that I was like, this guy gets it. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> Old? No, but um, it was it was weird finding this old tape, and there was a bit that I had completely forgotten about that... That, that ca- yeah, yeah, it causes some kind of weird, I don't know what it is, but it causes something. There was a bit I heard on my on my micro-cassette recorder. Micro-cassette recorder. From 20 years ago. You and Larry Izzo are going to get along just fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he, he, well, go ahead and finish. Uh, oh, so the, it was, I was still in South Florida, and I said, half the news stories, this ties into your podcast, half the news stories here are about drugs. Yesterday, an 18-wheeler truck was pulled over carrying four tons of cocaine, and now it's all missing. But police are working round the clock, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, look at them go. They haven't haven't slept in days. And that right there is all the punchline you need, right? That's right. Then it's just like tag city. And 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 then just tag it out, and it did so well, and I thought... Was I better back then, or were audiences better back then? I think and the I drugs were better back then. <laughs> maybe. And, but I had all this, like, exuberance coming through, and now I hear my modern tapes. I go, oh, my God. Mm. I've been beaten down by audiences over the past 20 years. Yeah, well, that's they what they're there for. you down. I, and I, that's what, look at Letterman. Have you ever seen, yeah. you ever look at Letterman, his stuff from uh, when he was in his 30s, 40s, I guess, yeah. like 40s? He's, uh, it's a whole different energy. Whole different energy. Completely different deal. Yeah. Or just when he was going to CBS, he came on uh, Carson. Right. It's on The Tonight Show. And he's a, hey, Johnny. Right. Oh, boy. Oh, Johnny. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) Completely. Wake the neighbors. Phone (laughs) the kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was. uh, It was into a grumpy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he got a lot quieter, and 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 the the, the timing took kind of a a downturn, but yeah. a, but in a good way. Yeah, I mean, he became more masterful, more press, uh, 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 professional, and and not as eager, which can work in your favor sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Always. I mean, like he was definitely just uh, he he'd pick he's as they say picking up the grounders, you know, and the easy yeah. ones and tossing them, but uh, yeah. He's, I don't think he was running and diving as much for anything as, as he might have been at one time. And he also, like, just he had such a mastery of the interview. Anybody yeah. who was famous, they would come on. Uh, Paris Hilton is, is one I remember that he just right. didn't give a shit. Right. And that was great. Absolutely. It was really good. Tom Cruise. He had Tom Cruise on. I watched that Many, again. many times. And Cruise, you know, he just he's talking to him about mountain climbing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so and, and uh, when you do that, is it, uh, is it something you do with, with the group? or? 
Right. No, no, I don't. Uh-huh. Okay, well, and, 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 and where, do you, where do you like to do that? In the mountains, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's whatever. Like all over right. the place. Uh, you know, the, the, the answers are always uh, real short, and, and it, was, it was a weird, tense kind of thing. I well, like that stuff. It's funny because it was cool to hear an old tape of myself to realize I've changed a lot, and I kind of want to get back to that guy that had all that hope at 38. And I'm not saying I don't have hope now, but um, it made me realize it, I kind of am in the mood to reinvent, force a reinvention. You get stuck in your old ways. You yeah. Know? In the room, Larry Izzo. Hey, Larry, what's happening? Hey, this Larry. is Tom Ryan. Hello, Larry. Hey, Tom, how are you? It's a real meeting of the minds right here. Have a seat. Pull up a we're pull talking, up a uh, squat here. We're talking about micro cassette recording. Tell you what, it, old technology. Maybe Tom, if you could slide around. Absolutely. You guys, because you're not having to get close on that mic at all. Okay. And uh, I think you guys can even share that a little bit. Right I love there. you guys meeting each other because Tom just told me he went to B and H, and he was looking for a micro cassette recorder. Right. That's what he was trying to find, and I didn't tell him yet about your recorder. Oh, you have one, which of is <laughs> which is like state of the art, real uh, real age. It was like he had an iPhone in his pocket, but he was using, <laughs> but he was activating this like you know it was digital, but I mean it wasn't it, there was no tape in it, but it was uh man it was yeah it was old. I have one of those too. Yeah, those that was kind of a mid stage, I guess, between like actual phone recording and. Well, you know, and, and everything. When I was phone. Up, I call it phone recording. Like that's a type of recorder. Phone recorder. The audio freaks had reel to reel, which was always. Uh, you could tell the people who were really into sound had the reel to reel. That right. Would buy albums on reel to reel before cassettes came out. It was it's, cool. Uh, I personally went for the A tracks. I love that. And then A tracks. That's right. A tracks. With some newspaper around in the glove compartment of your yep. car and listen to that juggle for the rest of the night. Wait, you mean you had to use newspaper to like fit it in, like it's a well, pair yeah, of shoes that was too big or something? It. Caused the... have, you know, there was no way to install it, so we just shoved it in the glove compartment. <laughs> yeah, and stuffed newspaper. That's around true. It so it wouldn't rattle around. And of course, that inconvenient kind of listening when you had the A track, because if you missed it on that track, you just gotta wait till it comes around well, again. If you hit a bump, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's over. But you know how it's like four tracks. Let's see, all you can do. It only goes forward. There's no rewind. That's no. true. Yeah. And I and I fucked with I fucked with eight tracks a lot because I had a toy called a two XL and it was an educational thing and it would ask you questions you would answer and it was like it was brilliant you know I just it, but basically it was just an eight track player with robot eyes That's and you would right. buy these little accompanying uh, eight tracks and it would tell you about you know and of course two XL sounded pretty queer. That's great. <laughs> Hello, two XL. Two XL. <laughs> I had uh, Machine Head by Deep Purple on eight track, and yes. Fragile. Those were your eight tracks? Were, and a few others. I had Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow was, he was a track. classic. Yeah. That was yeah. seven track. That was on seven track. <laughs> it was still, they hadn't figured out that you do an even number of tracks. I think I, I've, I've probably shown you at a thrift store one time. Pat and I are big Bob Dylan fans. and uh, I love Bob Dylan. Yeah. He, he's, I, I, at a thrift store one time, I saw some old Bob Dylan eight tracks and i thought oh, i gotta get these two bucks each and i have them now kind of um displayed on my windowsill they look cool and uh, nashville skyline now on eight on eight track it, it looks great it's an artifact that was the understandable bob Dylan. Though, right? that's right that was uh his country album 
Yeah, tonight I'll be staying here with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. My suitcase out the window. <laughs> what the joke is, I heard a, a whole concert, an hour and a half of Bob Dylan. Every song sounded exactly yep. alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to be a real connoisseur, I got to even like, what is that word that he right. said? Change? Uh, okay. I saw him in the 60s and 70s. That was when it's it was great. You know, unbelievable. You think he was better then? Oh, absolutely. I don't know. He probably would agree. Dylan. Yeah. Dylan considers himself to be in like a middle a middle phase right now. Yeah. He thinks he's, he's going to live forever. <laughs> Hell, I think he, he's going to make 90. I have that feeling. Yeah, I think that he's going to be a guy who, you know, just he's he's been underestimated his entire life, really. Yep. As, as popular as he is, as renowned as he is, as looked up to as he is, there's always been a certain percentage of the population that just thinks he sucks. Right. And he... Squares, you know? Well, Can, they don't see the talent. They don't see the... Yeah. The voice, you know. Now he he reinvents about every five to ten years, and every single one of his reinventions, mm-hmm. I've re- resisted at first, and then it takes ten years, and I finally embrace what he did. Yeah, ten. Because it grows on usually. Me. Yeah, it grabs me. I go, wait, I don't like this. Uh, I don't know about this infidels Joker man. I don't know that that, that the, the voice is too high. And then by the early '90s, I'm going, Joker man is the greatest song he ever wrote. And that was the one you came out to. And the, uh, that, that's right. And then the um, not yeah, come out of the closet, on, but right, Letterman. Yeah, came out on Letterman to the. Uh, that's right. That's I did the Letterman show, and I I came out to the Joker man music. Everybody told me a story. Yeah, you're uh, back there, and you're and you're trying to you know get your shit together, your comedy, and and Paul says, well, what what song do you want to come out to? And you're like, I hadn't even thought about they, it. No, well they e- they actually email you the, the couple days before, and I had I had chosen that one, so they they actually rehearse it. Um, yeah, and obviously you might it, get that. Yeah, that might be mixed up with another because they they actually had said through the. Somebody had said, "Oh, he he enjoyed that because it, it, it the band enjoyed rehearsing that song because they liked that song. It's a little more obscure and etc." Yeah, it's not uh, you know, um, uh, what, uh, give me some loving or something. You know, yeah, like, right. a lot of people come to that. Right. Da, 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 or uh, I don't know what else. You know what song I was listening to? Back in Black. That song. And I know you hate ACDC more than I anything. Can't, I don't know what it is. And I know I'm wrong, and I know I'm outnumbered by X million to one. I'm the only one. I, ACDC, it hits my anger button. When I hear ACDC, I get, yeah. I get angry. I think it does the same thing for me, but I just like it. Yeah. I got one good song. Yeah.
Everybody Hurts, right? Wasn't that ACDC? Who was that? Right. That was ACDC. R.E.M., I believe. One of the one of the initial bands. It, yeah, it's one of the initials. Letters only. There's ABC, REM, ACDC, and yeah, I think that's it. Right. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. They tried to they tried to abbreviate every name. Same with Crosby, Stills, CCR. Yeah. And then there's NYCCR, which is New York City Crime Report.